Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. sink into our hearts. Lord, let us be knowing your blessing over our lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, let's take our seats. Just want to share for a few minutes and the surprise, surprise, the topic is honour our fathers. Christmas Day and Father's Day and Mother's Days are the easiest days to get sermons ready because you've got your topic already picked. But I want to read a few verses today to remind us what fathers God's called us to be and do. And up front, as I'm sharing these, don't measure yourself and start thinking, oh boy, I've blown it there and I've blown it there because sometimes dads are their worst critics. They think, oh, I've just messed up and it hasn't worked out. I want to encourage you that the Word of God says that our influence touches lives, many. And uh, today, if you're not a dad, or for all the women here, these principles are so powerful. So let's have a look at Ephesians 6, 1 to 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, that is, accept their guidance and discipline as his representatives. Okay, so as parents, if you're a parent, you're a God's representative to your children's lives. Mate, if we remind ourselves of that every day, we'd sometimes act a little bit differently. And speak a bit differently to our kids. It goes on. For this is right. For obedience teaches wisdom and self-discipline. Honour, esteem, value as precious your father and your mother and be respectful for the, to them. This is the first commandment with a promise. So that it may be well with you and that you may have a long life on the earth. Wow. It's the first commandment with a promise attached to it. That if you honour your parents... And some of us have had awesome families and parents and some have had absent ones and some have had terrible examples, but you can still have an attitude of honour and thanking God that they gave us life. And it's an attitude. And when we come to Christ, often he starts to change the way we see ourselves and our families. The Passion says, children, if you want to be wise, listen to your parents and do what they tell you and the Lord will help you. For the commandment, Honour your father and your mother was the first of the Ten Commandments with a promise attached. You will prosper and live a long, full life if you honour your parents. Now that's so true. Marilyn and I have been in ministry now over 40 years and we've seen some amazing family generations of blessing. We've seen some of chaos and destruction and quite often we've seen that word to be true. That if there's brokenness and destruction and dishonouring, there is a cutting off of blessing and long life. It's really sad, but the word of God is true, whether we uh, accept it or not. This is a powerful promise. It's, it is mentioned eight times in the, in the Bible. Wow, if, if God says something, listen. If he says it twice, really get your attention. Three times, don't miss it. Eight times, Make sure you hear what it says. So God says eight times this truth, the power of honouring our parents and grandparents. And sadly, the enemy's tried to destroy honour. He's tried to tear down examples. Well, sin has broken our image and it's torn up so many lives and some of us have suffered because of that. I want to encourage you, the word of God is true and when you come to Christ, you then join the family of God with a heavenly father so you can start to change the way you live and see life. And uh, 
This talks about honouring the God-ordained institution of fatherhood. The family is the foundation of society. If you destroy it, society begins to disintegrate. And sadly, we've seen that in this generation and we've seen it, if you're a student of history, you'll see it throughout history. When the families start to disintegrate, often that uh, regime, that government, that society starts to head downhill. And you need a revival to turn it around, otherwise it continues to go downhill. The easiest way to destroy the family is by removing the father. And sadly we've seen that happen. Jesus always honoured his parents. He always honoured his father and the last thing he did on the cross was to ensure that his mother was taken care of. He entrusted her to John's care. I, I think that's so amazing. Here he is suffering, absolute agony, being beaten, carrying the weight of the sin of the world. And he says, oh, John, can you look after mum? I thought that is so powerful. So even in his death, Jesus was honouring his parents. And we, his uh, our earthly dad wasn't there. They think he'd passed away earlier. But there he was, even on the cross, honouring. So here's a few things, important things that fathers do. Number one, fathers give identity. So if you're taking notes... This is what you need. Fathers give identity. Ephesians 3.14 says, So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father. Thank God there's a perfect Father because some of us aren't perfect. and All of us aren't. The perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on the earth. So if you've had a bad father, example, or an absent one, or a dysfunctional one, there's hope because we can find out the perfect father and learn how to do this better. I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favour until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Woo! When the Holy Spirit comes in, we've been singing about, Lord, send your spirit and revival. Guess what happens? His explosive power starts to fill you and flow out of you. And God wants that to be yours today, that his explosive power will fill you by his spirit. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will release deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Wow. Not just power, but a place of peace and rest in your soul. Then you'll be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love. How enduring and exclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. You ever been there times where you just feel like you're going to burst inside? when you've been worshipping or loving God or you're praying for someone and the presence of God touched them and your heart's just bursting. Or a parent, when they see their child born or that child achieves something significant, their first steps or the crazy things they say. Remember that show, The Darndest Things Kids Used to Say? Mate, kids will keep you laughing if you're open to it. They'll also amaze you with their discoveries, their revelation, um, their insight. I remember Stephen, our oldest one, when he was about four, um, we used to take him to church and everything and we were in ministry and he came into to Mary Lynn and she led him to Jesus as a four-year-old. He just had this perception that he needed to ask Jesus into his heart. They were both, 
both crying. The presence of God hit him. Then he ran outside and beat his brother up. So it took a while to work out that Jesus' life out lived out. But, <laughs> but he, his heart was always towards God from that day on. Ah, oh, kids, they amaze you, eh? But there's something in their heart when they... Because kids will follow what you do, not just what you say. It's important what you say, but they'll do what you do. And this endless love, beyond measure, um, that transcends our understanding, this extravagant love pours into you until you're filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Many who have not known who their father is... For various different circumstances, either he died or there was an adoption or um, stuff happens, often they search for many years to find their father and have a sense of identity restored to their lives. Maybe some of you have been through the pain or the difficulty of that, but there's something inside where you want to find who your father is to just seal something of your identity. Because God's designed, fathers help give a sense of identity and purpose to our life. And that's what the enemy tries to tear families apart and separate fathers from their children. And without putting any um, condemnation on anyone, but we've been amazed how often a father is removed from a family when the first oldest kids become teenagers. The crucial time of identity, it's like the enemy causes strife. And I've wept and we've pleaded with families. No, just... Just find a way through. And, and God's grace is there to help us in our identity. Ephesians 3, 14 in the, in the NIV says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. When I call out your name, Troy, it gets his attention. It's a, it identifies who he is. And uh, some of us love our names. Some of us have shortened them or given nicknames because we weren't so excited what the parents were throwing what were, what were they doing when they called me that? But a lot of us, when your name identifies who you are. And I thank God that in his word it says he calls us by name. Wow, he calls you by your name. Regardless of whether you had a, a beautiful, godly, together family or you had a dysfunctional, broken family, let me tell you, when you open your heart to Jesus, he calls you by your name. I don't know if you've ever had the experience where you've been worshipping or just praying and it's almost like you hear the audible voice of God speak to you. Calls you by name, gets your attention and says, I love you. I'm here for you. It just melts your heart. And that's the power of using one another's name. And our name speaks of identity. So firstly, fathers give identity. Secondly, fathers protect God's put something in us to protect our family and our identity. Nehemiah 4.13, I love this story in the Old Testament where um, the, uh, they were rebuilding the walls of the city and the enemies were coming and attacking. And listen to what Nehemiah told the men of the, the city. He says, So I stationed armed men behind the wall in the lowest places, at the open positions where it was least protected, and I stationed the people in families with their swords, spears, and bows. When I saw their fear, I stood and said to the nobles and officials and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. 
Confidently remember the Lord who is great and awesome and with courage from Him, fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your homes. Hey, we need more men today that have the courage to fight for their families, to fight in the spirit with prayer, to fight for their identity, to stand against the schemes of the enemy that are trying to destroy our kids' identity with the confusion and strife that's going on. Man, we need to stand up and fight for our families. Fight for them against the extremes of what's going on and being taught to them in schools, in social media, all over our world. There's a a desire by the enemy to destroy our families and we need more men to have courage and stand up and fight. Like Nehemiah said, I put them in the the vulnerable positions. So I'm going to say, hey, this is hard. Yeah, it is hard, but God will give you the strength. And we need men to have courage and don't back off. Don't let him rob your confidence but stand up and fight for your families. And I love reading that story. And they did. And they rebuilt the whole wall in less than two months. It was an absolute miracle because they stood. It's someone had a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other. Sometimes you're busy working, but you're fighting with the other hand. You've got to pray and fight for your households and your families, for your grandkids, for your extended family. And that's for men and women, but especially for fathers today. And I want to stir you, be men of courage. There's been times when I've felt overwhelmed, but Marilyn and I, we've just stood and prayed together and says, devil, you're not taking our kids. In the name of Jesus, we're going to fight for our kids. They belong to you. They are yours and they belong to you. And we've done that many times over the years where we've just refused. Sometimes Marilyn would have the, the discernment or the fight or sometimes it would be me, often it would be together and we prayed and covered our kids in prayer and we fought for our kids' destiny. We refused to back off. We refused to let go because they are put in your supervision and care to show them God's love as well as you can and to fight for them. And we know that when young people become young adults, they make choices and decisions. Sometimes they do the dumbest things, like some of us did. But if parents keep praying and loving them, fighting for them, let me tell you, many of them, like the prodigal son, come home. They come back because the Spirit of God and love has been planted in their hearts. Number three, fathers provide. So they give identity, they give protection, and they give provision. Matthew 6, 9 says, the disciples used to see Jesus go up and pray and then they'd see all the miracles and say, teach us how to pray. When you pray, things happen. When we pray, we're not sure whether we're hitting the mark or not. So Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father, that's how he started. Our Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause... Your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. Some of us know that verse says, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, be our provider. I love it because daily he knows our needs and he's there. He says, come and ask me and receive my provision. If you need healing, it's provided. If you need protection or mercy, I love that song we're singing today about mercy washing over us. Some of us just need mercy because we've done some dumb things. We've beat ourselves up and other people. Lord, pour out your mercy. You know, mercy is where 
you don't receive what you should. And grace is where you receive what you don't deserve. And God says, I'll give grace and mercy. Covers every situation. How beautiful is that? And so he goes on and says, you're provider of all our needs. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation. Set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. That's the, uh, the Lord's Prayer in the Passion Version, just with slightly different word pictures. I love this one, Luke 11, verse 11. Let me ask you this. Do you know of any father who would give his son a snake on a plate when he asked for a serving of fish? I've met some bad dads, but I've never met one that's been that bad. Of course not. Do you know of any father who would give his daughter a spider when she asked for an egg? Of course not. If imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit's fullness when his children ask for him? Wow, so the Holy Spirit's a beautiful gift. And so when we, like we're singing the song, the Holy Spirit fill me, empower me, teach me, guide me. The Bible says the Heavenly Father will give you what you ask in fullness. Thank God for his precious Holy Spirit that's given to us. Matthew 6.31 says, So then forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For this is what the unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly Father already know the things your bodies require? So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. What a beautiful Father's provision for our lives. So what do you need today? Keep asking and receiving his abundant provision number four fathers love and give affection some dads are really good at this thank god that dads give more hugs than they used to some dads are austere and and my dad didn't know how to show much affection he was brought up with uh, his scottish background which aren't known to be really affectionate and his dad my grandfather um went through some difficult times in his life and and I've shared this once before, but I could never understand why my dad, he loved me. He provided amazingly. He loved God, took us to church. But he really struggled to give you a hug or to communicate um, his affection. And uh, as I got older, I found out that, my, that he was conceived out of wedlock. My uh, grandfather did marry grandmother after the uncle showed up with shotguns and said, you marry her or we shoot you. That's where the term shotgun wedding came from. It's true, that's what they used to do a few generations ago. So then my grandfather took it out on my dad and blamed him for whatever he perceived wasn't right in his life. So he used to give him all the tough jobs and was just really hard and cruel on him. Never abused him, but was just really hard. And so my dad never, never knew how to give love and affection. And it was later in his life that he softened and he learned how to do it. And, and I remember the day, the day that I was speaking at my mother's funeral, he came and put his arm around me and said, I love you, son, and you'll do a good job today. 
And I'll never forget that because that's the first time he'd ever been able to say that. It took a long time. He'd always loved it but didn't know how to express it. And some of us have had dads and generationally it, it wasn't acceptable. But it wasn't easy. But thank God more dads have become more in touch with their emotions and feelings. And thank God for that. And I had to learn how to do that. Mary Lynn, she was brilliant at emotions and it was a whole different world that I didn't understand. But God used her to teach me. And in the latter years of my life, dad's life, he learnt to say what he'd wanted to say, but he couldn't do it when he was younger. And I understood why when I found out his upbringing. And God can restore what's been lost or broken. And so many of us have had examples that haven't been perfect or even helpful at times, but the Spirit of God can touch our heart. And I cry more tears now than I ever have. Not out of sadness, but out of healing out of joy and sometimes just out of compassion because God's opened my heart. And so, and even when my kids were young, I had to press through that fear of how do I give them a hug and say, hey, I love you. And I had to learn how to do it because that wasn't the example I had, but God's been very gracious and has taught us. And some of us have got a father wound inside where we just haven't experienced where there's been rejection or hardness or even mental or verbal or physical abuse that's just torn our souls but let me tell you our heavenly father can heal our souls and we don't have to repeat the things that have been wrong in our lives or just even if they weren't wrong they were just deficient and I feel today the spirit of God's giving hope to some people that we can grow and change no matter what age we are you can always keep growing and changing in our hearts and our lives. 1 John 4, 7 says, Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God for God is love. Wow. Wow, did you see that? Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experience an intimate knowledge of him. So when you grow in your relationship with God, he loves you and he touches the inner parts of your being that may be missed out in the natural family because the natural family is God's idea to help communicate God's nature and heart. But because we're all on a journey of healing and restoration sometimes we just don't do it very well but the family of God and God will start to do it supernaturally by his spirit because the, the Holy Spirit reveals the father 1 John 4 14 says we have seen with our own eyes and can testify the truth that father God has sent his son to be the savior of the world those who give thanks to Jesus the son of God live in God and God lives in them we have come into an intimate experience with God's love and we trust in the love he has for us for God is love those who are living in love are living in God and God lives in them. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us. Wow. And we could expound that all day, but I just want to say, hey, God loves you. He's a heavenly father. And when we even blow it, like the prodigal son, he's waiting. Every day he's out there waiting for him to come home probably prayed every day and when he did come home he put the sandals on his feet to restore his place in the family he put the, the the coat on to take him from a, a so the shoes replaced the sandals to show he wasn't a slave 
or a servant. Now he was a son. The coat on to show that he was welcome back in the family and he put the signet ring back on to give him authority to be in the family again. That's what God does for all of our lives. How beautiful is that? And he's there to help us. A couple more to wrap it up. Father's lead and guide. John 16, 13. But when the spirit, truth-giving spirit comes, you'll unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak his own message, but only what he hears from the Father and he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. Adam Sandler said... When you're around the kids, you feel like you um, act the most grown up because you are supposed to lead. Well, I'm not sure, but hopefully it does. I say things like every other parent that reminds you of your own parents. One thing I do know about being a parent, you understand why your father was in a bad mood a lot. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Our grandkids are full of life and every now and then I have a chat to my sons and they say, Dad, were we like that? I said, no, you were worse. (laughs) Then we unpack it a little bit and have a chat. (laughs) Payback time. I said, no, well, we won't go there, but God, God, we learn in the journeys of life. Fathers encourage. Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. In the Amplified, says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unquestioning, unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them, but bring them up tenderly with loving kindness in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And that leads us to the next one, which... None of us like, but we need to hear it. Fathers correct and discipline. Hebrews 12, 5. It says, And have you forgotten his encouraging words spoken to you as his children? He said, My child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord God. Or get depressed when he has to correct you. Some people just run away, say, Oh, this Christian life's too hard. And you find out that God's trying to address stuff in their life and they run away. Just like a child runs away when he knows he's going to get some correction, runs out and hides in the backyard or whatever. What are you laughing at, John? Was that you, mate? (laughs) I know some adults are still do the same with their Heavenly Father. For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his, His faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training for he's doing what any loving father does for his children. For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? We all should welcome God's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship. For if we have never once endured the correction, it only proves we are strangers and not sons. Wow. Wow, wow, we have, the world has a totally wrong concept. Oh, well, you can't correct the kids because it might damage their self-image. If you don't correct them, it's going to lead them down a pathway of destruction. Let's listen. We do need to do it with wisdom and love and grace, but we must not abandon God's plan and purpose. Just made a few friends and we lost a few right there. And isn't it true that we respect our earthly fathers, even though they're corrected and disciplined us. When they're doing it, you ever had a dad say, this is going to hurt me more than hurt you? And the kid says, I don't think so. But, but the father knows what's going on. 
It says, then we should demonstrate an even greater respect to God, our spiritual father, as we submit to his life-giving discipline. Our parents corrected us for the short time of our childhood as it seemed good to them. Did they get it right all the time? No. Sometimes did they discipline out of frustration? Yes. But over time, they were doing it because they loved you. But God corrects us throughout our lives for our own good, giving us an invitation to share his holiness. Wow. And some of us aren't really very teachable. And God wants to help us to have a teachable heart, no matter what age you are. Keep your heart humble and teachable. Because I've observed people with humility and teachableness, they will keep growing and God will keep trusting them with his grace and power. But if you don't keep a teachable, humble heart, you'll become self-sufficient, overconfident, and you'll do stuff your way and it will end up with some pain and brokenness by God's grace I've tried to keep a teachable heart has it been easy not always one of my first pastors was a tough Dutchman mate he didn't know how to do it graciously <laughs> and then after a while I think and think well he's right you know but for a day or two I'd be so sort of, oh, he had no right to say that to me but then I realized God was using him and he did, he did soften as time got, went on. A gracious man of God. It says, um, verse 11, Now all discipline seems to be more pain than pleasure at the time, yet later it will produce a transformation of character, bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. Maybe you're here to say, hey, I just really struggle with this discipline and these boundaries and that God's putting on you. I know the transformations, guys and girls, sometimes you think these boundaries are too hard. And, but sometimes God's trying to teach us stuff that we didn't learn in our growing up for whatever reason. And all of us need to keep teaching. And uh, the last one, as the worship team comes up, fathers pray for their children. A prayer prayed. Here's an amazing prayer by General Douglas MacArthur. Who knows who he was? He was a... Uh, hero world war ii and a general this is what he prayed for his son listen to this prayer build me a son O lord who will be strong enough to know when he's weak and brave enough to face himself when he's afraid one who will be proud and unbending in honest defeat and humble and gentle in victory build me a son whose wishbone will be not be where his backbone should be a son who will know you Lead him, I pray, not in the path of ease and comfort, but under the stress and spur of difficulties and challenge. Wow. Here, let him learn to stand up in the storm. Here, let him learn compassion for those who fail. Build me a son whose heart will be clean, whose goal will be high, a son who will master himself before he seeks to master other men. Wow. Wow. We need to defeat the lions and bears in our life before we can defeat the Goliaths on behalf of others. How many men have struggled and women because we haven't defeated the giants and mastered our own soul and mind and we wonder why God can't always use us as much as we'd like. One who will learn to laugh yet never forget the lessons of the past. After all these things are his, add, I pray, enough of a sense of humour so that he may always be serious but never take himself too seriously. That's a good prayer. Give him humility so that he may always 
remember the simplicity of greatness, the open mind of true wisdom, the meekness of true strength, then I, his father, will dare to whisper, I have not lived in vain. What an amazing, amazing prayer. Just want to share a couple other, just a couple of statements I read in the word for today. Has someone read the word for today? This just touched me here. And it says, R.A. Torrey, the great Bible teacher, once said, a man's success as a Christian leader cannot be determined until one sees his grandchildren. Wow. Dad, think about that. You're not just raising sons and daughters. You're raising future fathers and mothers. You're shaping lives today that tomorrow will be shaping the lives of generations to come. And in order to succeed, you must take God with one hand and your children with the other. How beautiful, how beautiful is that? Let's just bow our heads for a moment and just let the Spirit of God touch our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word and your presence right now. We just pray, Holy Spirit, for your grace, your grace to speak to all of our lives right now. Lord, as we just take a holy moment in your presence, Lord, we want to thank you for you being our Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you for your amazing grace and mercy and provision and protection and even at times your discipline and correction, not to punish but to show us a better way. We thank you for that. And Lord, I just pray right now for your spirit to touch our lives, to bring healing. If there's father wounds in our soul, that you would just minister healing. You'd minister healing over our souls in the name of Jesus. If as I've shared today, you think, oh God, there's just some gaps there. Lord, I need your identity over my soul. Lord, I need to keep a teachable heart. Lord, I haven't yet experienced that sense of your overwhelming love yet and I need that. If God spoke in your heart, just reach your hands to heaven and say, Lord, just pour it in today. Just pour it in wherever you are right now. Just reach up and say, Lord, I just I reach up to receive your healing love right now. That's right. Just let your heart reach out to heaven right now. Lord, I just pray for your beautiful, compassionate love to heal every father wound in our souls. Lord, for some of us, there's been pain. There's been rejection. Lord, even right now, your spirit is just tearing at our souls. And I just pray right now for your healing grace. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.